Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 206. We'll continue in the book of Job with a brief summary of chapters 28 through 31 and follow with some thoughts about the mighty falling. We're deep into a section of the book of Job where, as I said in past episodes, Scholars argue about scribal shenanigans and who said what where, and it's pretty clear from the tone of chapter 28 and what's being said about divine wisdom that it came from somewhere else and was probably copy and pasted into this part of the exchange to soften the edges of the debate a bit. Eov, after all, has said some wild and challenging stuff, and we don't want him to get canceled, do we? So let's say it's Eov praising the technological capability of humans, who, quote, To the flintstone he set his hand, upended mountains from their roots, through the rocks he hacked out channels, and all precious things his eye has seen, the wellspring of rivers he blocked, what was hidden he brought out to light. Humans have experienced digging in every dark hole and extracting wealth, but when it comes to real knowledge and wisdom, quote, man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the hand of the living, because, quote, God grasps its way, and he knows its place, for he looks to the ends of the earth beneath all the heavens he sees to gauge the heft of the wind and to weigh water with a measure. And all that digging around, could have easily been replaced with a simple act of listening. God will tell you directly what wisdom is. Quote, look, fear of the master, that is wisdom, and the shunning of evil is insight. Chapter 29 begins Eov's final monologue. It will cover the next three chapters, so spoilers ahead. In this chapter, he will pine for his former closeness to God, his lost wealth and security, as well as highlight his righteous activities in the past. In chapter 30, he will recount his present suffering, and in chapter 31, he will double down on his innocence. And how close was he to God? Quote, God watched over me. When he shined his lamp over my head, by its light I walked in darkness. And how respected was he in the community? Quote, when I went out to the city's gate, in the square I secured my seat. Lads saw me and took cover. The aged arose, stood up. Noblemen held back their words, their palm they put to their mouth. And it won't make one bit of difference if I answer right or wrong. When you're rich, they think you really know. And how active was he in social action and tikkun olam projects? Quote, For I would free the poor who cried out, the orphan with no one to help him. The perishing man's blessing would reach me, and the widow's heart I made sing. Righteousness I donned, and it clothed me. Like a cloak and a headdress, my justice. Eyes I became for the blind, and legs for the lame I was. A father I was for the impoverished. A stranger's cause I took up. And I cracked the wrongdoer's jaws. From his teeth I would wrench the prey. And where did he see his life going in his old age? Quote, I thought in my nest I shall breathe my last, and my days will abound like the sand. But his life now is anything but that. In chapter 30, Eov outlines his current state. The once beloved and respected is now rejected. Quote, and now mere striplings laugh at me, whose fathers I spurn to put with the dogs of my flock. His very name which once had heft and gravitas, is now a taunt. Quote, 
I become their mocking word. They despised me, were distant to me, and from my face they did not spare their spit. Coupled with this is the indignity of Eov's physical suffering, and worst of all, God's rejection. Quote, I scream to you, and you do not answer. I stand still, and you do not observe me. You become a cruel one toward me. With the might of your hand you hound me. But why? What is it that Eov has done to earn this treatment? Eov has begged for an opportunity to plead his case in court, and he's decided to get started in chapter 31, even though God has not formally agreed to attend the proceedings. Quote, Does he not see my way and all my steps count? Have I walked in a lie? Has my foot hurried to deceit? Let him weigh me on fair scales, that God know my blamelessness. Eov then untangles a string of conditional if-then statements, arguing that if he had done sinful things, then, for sure, he would deserve every punishment imaginable. For example, quote, If my stride had strayed from the way, and my heart gone after my eyes, or the least thing stuck to my palms, let me sow, and another shall eat, my offspring torn up by the roots. Or, quote, If my heart was seduced by a woman, and at the door of my friend I lurked, let my wife grind for another, and upon her let others crouch. Except, as Eov concludes, he didn't do any of those things. If he had, quote, I would bear it upon my shoulder, bind it as a crown upon me. And he'd be the first to take responsibility, especially because, as he said at the outset of the chapter, he didn't do anything wrong. And with that rousing close, the narrator tells us, quote, Here end the words of Job. This marker of closure coming with more than 10 chapters to go before the book of Job ends, leaves us expecting that much-expected cameo, the one figure who has yet to weigh in on this debate. Except someone else will intervene before then, and we'll get an earful in next week's episode. The premise of the 1983 social satire and dark comedy Trading Places is simple. It's about two people who trade places. Hilarity ensues. Actually, the plot's a bit more involved than that. Two brothers, Randolph and Mortimer Duke, are extremely wealthy one-percenters who decide to conduct a social experiment with one of their employees after witnessing him interact with a person on the opposite end of the social spectrum. They decide to ruin their social-climbing douchebag managing director, Louis Winthorpe III, and elevate the street-smart hustler, Billy Ray Valentine, into Winthorpe's now-vacant position. Will the entitled, successful member of the elite survive on Skid Row or become a homeless, jobless, thieving degenerate? I guess... They're less interested in whether the shiftless criminal will make a smooth transition into the penthouse suite, but that would just be the icing on the Darwin cake. And this forcocked idea is not without legs, as some academics have endorsed what they call culture of poverty theory that argues the same. People who grow up in poverty adopt certain values that keep them poor. Hmm, nice. Anyway, the stakes for this bet are very high. Pay up, Mortimer. I've won the bet. Here, one dollar. <laughs>
and dollar to donuts, Valentine thrives in his new station while Winthorpe flounders. Along the way, we're introduced to Ophelia, an entrepreneurial sex worker who decides to help Winthorpe in exchange for future reward once order is restored in the universe. Randolph and Mortimer eventually decide that they've had enough of their social experiment and plan on ridding themselves of Valentine without returning Winthorpe to his previous station. Valentine gets wind of the twist, and with Winthorpe and Ophelia, scheme to take down Randolph and Mortimer. It was an experiment! They used us as guinea pigs, man! Indeed, the revenge scheme that transpires in Act 3 of the film ended up inspiring regulators to institute what they called the Eddie Murphy rule, whereby one cannot capitalize or trade based on non-public information misappropriated from a government source. Keep in mind that the trading that goes on in trading places isn't in stocks, but commodities, specifically orange juice futures. Unlike most stock markets, insider trading isn't generally illegal in commodities trading. For example, an oil company, knowing its own production outlook, can maximize use of this inside information when it makes trades. However, if traders intentionally create an artificial price and use it to make money, this crosses the line into manipulation, which is what Winthorpe and Valentine do, thus ruining Randolph and Mortimer Duke. For much of Act One, however, we see how Winthorpe struggles with his new life and its challenges and how he confronts challenge after challenge. He is stripped of everything, his home, his butler, his fiance, his limousine, and most of all, his self-respect. Sound familiar? And I guess we, as a movie-going audience, are supposed to identify with him, with Winthorpe. Isn't that what white anxiety is all about? That fear that whatever status you've managed to achieve, someone from some sunbathed country in the global south is coming to take it from you. We definitely don't see ourselves as Valentine. <laughs> in any event, we see Winthorpe suffering and we empathize. There by the grace of God and all that. Indeed, this is the thrust of chapters 29 and 30. Eov waxes rhapsodic over his life before the wager. When God, quote, shined his lamp over my head by its light, I walked in darkness. It's, it's a life very much like Winthorpe's with all the pampering and honors that it included. Quote, when I went out to the city gate, in the square I secured my seat. Lads saw me and took cover. The aged arose, stood up. Except, as Eov tells it, he was not a douchebag like Winthorpe. When he saw a poor person, he didn't try to have them arrested, but he would lend them a helping hand. Quote, a father I was for the impoverished, a stranger's cause I took up. So it's odd when we transition into chapter 30 and Eov tells us about what happened after the wager, quote, And now mere striplings laugh at me, whose fathers I spurn to put with the dogs of my flock, etc., etc. The remainder of the chapter sketches out how badly Eov is faring, how he has been trashed and cancelled and a subject of derision and mockery. Quote, now I become their taunt. I, I become their mocking word. But I wonder, when did this happen? How much time passed from his tumble from on high to the point where scallywags are mocking him in the streets? When did he have time to go out and face the laughter of the striplings since the bad news rolled in like a series of punches to the kidney, one after the other after the other? I mean, people get canceled pretty quick today in social media, but how long does it take between, say, you know, tweeting something racist or insensitive and the, you know, and the, and the mob builds up steam and piles on. A day? A week? 
And how long does that cancellation actually last, IRL, before you go back to normal or become the darling of the aggrieved right? Eov is having a bad go of it, yes. But has he had time to marinate in his suffering as much as Winthorpe? It's not clear how much time actually elapsed between the first bad messenger and the last, but right now, including the runtime of this debate, it's really only been about a week. Then again, how long does a person really need in order to feel abandoned and cursed? This is the real heart of the matter for Eov, and it is swift and penetrating, especially because of its source. Quote, With great power, he seizes my garment, grabs hold of me at the collar. He hurls me into the muck, and I become like dust and ashes. I scream to you, and you do not answer. I stand still, and you do not observe me. By right, we should move to the climax of the book of Job, where God finally responds. Eov has primed us for this moment, but we will have to wait for episode 208. In the meantime, the debate continues with a surprise cameo appearance. If you like what we heard today, spread the word about Tanakhcast. Tell a friend about Tanakhcast over coffee. Send another friend an email or text, nothing fancy. Help your aunt who just got her first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to Tanakhcast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning vibe this podcast. And it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for Tanakhcast at patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for episode 207 when we continue in the book of Job with chapters 32 through 35.